Welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm Coach Sammy, and I am so glad you are here. The teen years can be fun and exciting, but also filled with self-doubt, insecurities, and lots of frustration. I am here to help you along your teen journey and make sure you enjoy your teen years as much as possible. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I just wanted to hop in here before we get started with today's episode and remind you that my anxiety course is coming out in just a couple weeks. And so if you want the best deal on that course and discounts and to find out the latest things that are going on with that course, go to the show notes and there is a link in my show notes to sign up to get on that email list so you can get all the information when that course comes out and the best deal. Also, I wanted to do this episode at this time of year just because it's the holidays and everybody is around a lot of sugar. And I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Sasha. Happy holidays. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. I have Sasha channel on the podcast. She is a sweet tooth coach. I'm probably totally messing that up, but that's, that's what I'm going to call you. She teaches her clients on how to tame their sweet tooth. And she's here to talk with us about sugar today. And this is a little bit like out of the realm of what I typically talk about on the podcast. So I think it's so exciting to have somebody here talk about sugar because sugar is huge in our teens and we all like sugar and it tastes so good. And so I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself, Sasha, tell us about yourself and how, how did you even become the sugar, <laughs> the sugar tamer coach? <laughs> so many times our journey sort of starts out of our own personal struggles. And that's how I came to be a sugar cravings coach. I struggled for years and years. I was trying to count it up and I, it was probably somewhere between 22 to 24 years that I struggled with my sweet tooth. So I, I feel like I really understand where people are coming from. I know what it felt like to me. I felt very defeated and powerless against my sweet tooth. And um, once I found coaching, it helped me in a way that nothing else had. And it gave me the tools that I had been looking for to help me conquer my sweet tooth once and for all. And so it was so compelling what happened in my life that I had to share it with others. And so this is just a thrilling um, opportunity for me whenever I get to work with others in this capacity. Yeah. And I think a lot of that sugar and when we develop those sugar cravings and we just really start to love sugar is in our, in our kid and teen years, right? Like my kids would honestly eat sugar all day long if I would let them because they love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it tastes great. And um, if you think about it, most of our holidays are centered around food and sweets are a big part of many of the holidays and just many of our social gatherings in general. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that we would gravitate toward sugar for a variety of reasons. Tell us why we love sugar so much. First off, it's a very concentrated substance. And when we take that substance into our bodies and we consume it, 
it um, causes a release of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter in our brain. And it's a very pleasurable experience for us. And so what happens from there is that when we get that pleasurable response from eating certain foods, then our brain starts to prioritize whatever it was that gave it that huge pleasurable response as important. And so you will find yourself starting to gravitate toward certain foods. And that's why. Yeah. And that's why, like when we open the fridge and there's like something that we might have to actually fix, <laughs> like that's more healthy instead of like grabbing a bowl of ice cream. Well, one, your brain wants to pick the easiest thing to make. Right. And then absolutely. And then two, your brain's like, oh, if I just eat that is going to make me feel good. You've just hit on a, a really big thing because there there's different elements to your sugar cravings. And so there is this part that there's like this hormonal desire for food, but there's this emotional desire for food. And that's what I work with primarily um, because that is such a huge part of why we desire food in general and sweets specifically. Yeah. For the teens that are listening to this, I'm going to, I'm going to simplify this a little bit from what Sasha said is the reason we crave sugar is because it releases chemicals in our brain that feel good when we eat it. All right. There's actually a chemical response that happens in our brain when we eat sugar. Okay. And that's why we like sugar. <laughs> it's kind of like doing playing a video game or like doing something fun. All those things create dopamine in our brains and that, and the dopamine that's kind of like the feel good drug in our brains. And it is what motivates us to do a lot of the things that we do, like eat sugar. Tell me, well, tell us why sugar gets such a bad rap. Well, there's probably several reasons, but a couple that I will touch on is I mean, sometimes there's health repercussions that come from eating sugar in the volume and frequency that we typically do. What happens is because of that release of dopamine, that chemical response in the brain that you were just referring to, our brain just directs us to um, eat more and more of it. And so it's, it's almost this thought that if a little is good, a lot is even better. And so we eat more than what we really need to function. You know, there's, there's a certain amount of sugar that you, your body needs to function properly. But usually we go way beyond that. And so that can result in health repercussions. It also, when we're eating it in those large volumes and frequency, it can feel very addicting. And we start to feel powerless against our sugar cravings. Um, and another thing that happens sometimes is that it messes up our hunger signals when we're used to eating sugar so much of the time, then our, uh, hunger cues become less distinctive to us. We can't really tell whether we're physically hungry or emotionally hungry. And that, that is like a whole, like very complicated system. And you just like really spelled it out simply for us <laughs> between like our hunger system and really what sugar does to our whole system 
where when we feel hungry, when we don't feel hungry, when we're actually really hungry is that sugar, it, it does mess up a lot of those hunger signals and stuff in our bodies so that we don't know, like, am I really hungry? Do I need more sugar or what is my body actually craving right now? I think the emotional component is probably one of the bigger ones that we struggle with. Um, I, I can go back to my teen years and you know, remember habits that I developed through that time of eating sugar and then into college and just kind of remember the reasons I was having sugar. So if I was feeling disappointed or lonely or um, sad and teens, especially they have a lot of on their plates these days. So, you know, there may be academic anxiety, relationship issues and we're not quite sure always how to deal with our emotions, especially negative emotions. And so there's a lot of times where that causes us to gravitate toward sugary treats because they do give us that feel good experience in the moment. And it kind of helps us think that we're working through whatever it is we're experiencing because we're, we're starting to feel better it seems, but usually that's a very fleeting response. So like that we get these sugar rushes and they're so pleasurable in the moment, but you know, maybe 30 to 40 minutes later, we're coming down off that sugar rush and we're feeling that original emotion again. So that, that kind of keeps that cycle going because we're, we're driven to eat sugar again, to try to bring back more of the, the feel good experience in our lives. Right. Totally. I just, um, I remember a lot of times when I would be studying in, in my senior year in high school and then in college, like it was almost like I couldn't sit and study without like a little treat next to me. Like that is what made <laughs> the studying, the anxiety of the studying for a test or whatever it was more bearable so that I could actually like calm down enough so that I could remember the information and focus on that information is knowing that I just had that little pile of like M&Ms or whatever it is, whatever it was right next to me that I could just continue to pop in my mouth. How can we work through that anxiety or that emotion that we are trying to make feel better with the sugar? How can we do that without the sugar? So we're learning now, how to work with ourselves internally, seeing at what we're thinking and what we're feeling a little differently than we have in the past. So we're becoming aware of the thoughts and feelings that are leading to that emotional desire for food. And honestly, it's, it's been such a fun but unusual journey for me to get to this point with my sweet tooth. Because I found that the things that I was running from, that the answer was to lean into them and to stay present with them. All of the unpleasant emotions, I know this is not what people want to hear, but it's a very transformative process actually to learn, you know, that the anxiety or the, um, the stress, the frustration, the disappointment, whatever we feel learning what that really is in our bodies and how to just to, to stay present with it instead of running to the food or running, running to whatever, it, it doesn't even have to be food, but for purposes of our conversation today, 
we're talking about sweets, but turning to sweets to provide comfort to soothe our emotions and realizing that there's actually an internal process that we can turn to instead, which is learning to lean into those emotions. Yeah. Not, which is, which is a hard process, right? Especially if you're like in a social situation and you're having like some social anxiety and then there's root beer floats. It's like, okay, let's go get a root beer float. And that, <laughs> that just helps <laughs> calm the anxiety a little bit. Everybody's drinking a root beer float. What do you think it is about food that helps to make us feel more comfortable in social situations? Well, it's socially acceptable for one. We have this very um, practiced pattern of turning to food. And so for most of us, it's an unconscious thing. We don't even realize what we're doing. We've just been doing it so long. That's where we turn. So there's not been a lot of analysis or just conscious thinking about what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. So that was the element that coaching offered me was opening my eyes and just helping me see what exactly was going on? What was the, um, I call it in my, with my clients, the anatomy of my sweet tooth. So it was learning that it was made up of a thought and a feeling. And that's what caused me to want to eat sweets. So we, we have these thoughts that we're not even aware of, and it might be probably a big one is this will help you feel better. It could be you've had a long day, or maybe if you're, if you're having trouble, some kind of trouble in your relationship, this thought will come to you like, this is going to help you feel better. This is going to help that not hurt so much. Right. When, when you're talking, I'm thinking of like a breakup where you're like, all right, let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> okay. And it, it does make you feel better for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. But what you talked about earlier is that it, it doesn't last. You know, some of the, the studies that I've read said 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. Is Interesting. how long now it, that probably depends on what study that you read. But then as you know, that sugar rush wears off, then you need more. And over time, if you've practiced this cycle enough, then the amount that you originally started eating is not going to get the job done. You're going to have to have a higher volume to accomplish that same level of well-being inside your body. So instead of like one tiny little bowl of ice cream, it's like a big bowl of ice cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, you know, we, we use it to celebrate when great things happen in our lives. And we also use it to soothe our emotions on difficult days. So it's a, it's a big part of most of our lives. The, the other thing that I work that I work with on some of my clients is restrictive eating where they don't allow themselves any sugar at all. How does that backfire? I feel like some, I know, <laughs> I know that restriction doesn't work either. And just because of the way that our brain is wired and the biology of desire, it's like the more we tell ourselves that we can't have something like we can't have sugar, or we're not going to eat that. The more our brain backfires on us and like wants it even more. So what can we, what can we do about that? That's a very interesting problem because we all experience that. And I know personally, you know, during that time where I told you that 
I struggled so greatly. Um, I can remember just thinking, okay, I just need to cut out sugar altogether because once I get started, I can't stop. I didn't trust myself to stop. So that's when I got into the willpower. You will know that you're in willpower um, mode if you feel tense, if you feel like you're in a struggle with yourself to not eat the sugary thing. So like you said, the restrictive diets, they can backfire on you. What I've seen with myself and with others, and you, you pretty much described it, but your brain, it's, it's this weird um, thing that goes on in your brain. It's kind of like if you tell your brain, you can't have this, you're, you're not allowed to have that. It's almost as if your brain is like, watch me. And it's going to ramp up the case and that persistent nagging for the sweet. And, you know, uh, teenagers can probably relate because <laughs> this, we're, is so, we're, this is so classic teenager right now where the parent says, Hey, you can't do that. You can't date that person. You can't exactly. go to that place. And then the brain is like, yeah, watch me. <laughs> yeah. So you, you kind of gravitate toward the thing that you're told that you can't have. And the teenage years are classic for this. And I can remember dealing with this with my own teenagers and just kind of watching myself and how I was relating to them and they were relating to me and seeing that 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 strategy doesn't work typically. The more that we tell ourselves that we shouldn't or that we can't have something, the more the desire intensifies on the inside of us. And so what I ended up finding out for myself was learning that I was one of these people that was like, sugar is bad because I had had some health issues as a result. And so I thought I've got to make sugar out to be very bad in my brain to convince me to stop eating it so much, to stop wanting it. But it wasn't about that. And in the end, what actually worked is reminding myself Sugar is not necessarily bad. I can have sugar if I want it. I can have anything I want, but why don't I want it? So it was putting me in more of an empowered position instead of a disempowering position. Like you'll be out of control if you eat this. You're not trustworthy enough just to have a little bite. So it was just a different way of looking at things and realizing I can eat it but perhaps there's reasons that I don't want to. And starting from that approach was one of the things that was very helpful for me. Oh yeah. I love that. It's kind of like a totally different, it's a paradigm shift in your brain. where like, yeah, I can have it. I can eat all of it that I want, but maybe there's some reasons that I don't want it instead of just like restricting it and your brain going like, give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And I started looking at what do I want more? So I started asking myself some good questions like, is it good health that I want? And perhaps the volume and frequency that I'm eating it in is not, not helping me get closer to that goal. So that was one of the things that went into the process for me. Oh, I, that's a good point too. I'm trying to remember what you said. What do I want more? Right. Is that the question you asked? That's a really good question. Yeah. So 
it, it was almost as if I was giving myself that choice in the moment. Is it this pleasurable response that I'm going to get in the moment? Or is it this long-term pleasure of good health of, you know, I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, I want, I have a grandchild with more on the way. And it's like, do I want better health down the road so that I can play with my grandkids, participate in their activities? And so it becomes about different things and you're opening your mind up to look at it a little different and see beyond just the present moment. Yeah. Like, why do I want to eat less sugar? What is that? And I, I love focusing on your why, like what, what is, what is your why? What is the whole purpose of this? It's not to like torture yourself. No. <laughs> right? And I'm actually not an advocate of just completely cutting out sugar. The things that you you love, but it's learning to eat them in a way that's healthier for you. So let's, let me ask you this. If you had any advice for teens that are struggling because they're eating too much sugar, right? And I even, I even hate saying that, like too much sugar, Right. But I'm, I know that there's some like statistics on the sugar, oh, the sugar consumption in our teens, but like, what would, what would you say to them who are maybe that like, don't want to eat as much sugar as they're eating? So as interesting as it is, we, we want this quick fix a lot of times or a magic pill on how not to want sweets so much. But the answer that I have found that is the most long-term sustainable answer is to um, learn to connect with what's going on inside yourself emotionally, instead of looking to a food or a person or a thing to fix something that can only be fixed internally. So I started to look at things differently and if the problem is internal, then I learned, okay, what is it that I'm thinking and feeling that can help me with this process? So the emotional component is the one that I emphasize the most. And so it's learning what is it you're feeling that's triggering you to want to eat. And you learn to name that emotion. A lot of us check out when it comes to negative emotion, we just want to avoid it altogether or pretend like it's not there. And a saying that I like is the quickest way out is through. So the quickest way out of an emotion is actually through it. We want to kind of push it aside. But if we start to look at that emotion in a different way, then we can handle it in a way that we didn't think was possible. So that's what happened for me. And it's learning to lean into your emotions, to talk about your emotions and realize that they actually don't have control over you. It's just part of being a human and having a human experience. I think that emotions are a gift for us. And so if you have a, if, if it is a gift, then we don't have to suppress them. We don't have to disconnect from them. And we can just remember, this is the emotion that I'm having in the moment. It will pass. 
but in the moment I'm willing to experience this emotion and all the uncomfortable sensations that are vibrating through my body, but it will go away and I will be fine. And so it was learning to kind of soothe myself instead of turning to food to soothe my emotions. I think an example um, to like illustrate here, you guys, and I do this too. My kids do this in, in one of one of the most common emotions. And I wouldn't even say it's like a super negative emotion, but it's the emotion of boredom where we're so not used to feeling boredom. And when we do feel boredom, it's like, what do we do? The first thing we go do is we look in the fridge or the pantry, right? We look for some things to solve our boredom and we're maybe we're not even like hungry or anything, but I think that's what Sasha is really explaining here is that it, it doesn't even have to be a, like a super negative emotion, like sadness or guilt, or, um, even like loss or grief, but it can just be kind of like one of your normal day-to-day emotions, like boredom. And we feel boredom all the time. Boredom is a normal human emotion, but we don't have to solve for those, right? The boredom, what you said, you said, go, go yes. through it instead of like trying to solve for it. We don't have to fix our emotions we can experience our emotions. And so it became a question of, can I, can I sit here and be bored and not react by eating? Can I just allow myself to be bored in this moment? And, you know, one of the tools that I use, and I, your, your listeners can't see this, but I use this uh, paper pause button with my clients to help them to remember When you're in that process to learn to stop that cycle, we use the pause button and just, it's a great visual reminder. Okay. This is the point where I normally turn to food. Can I hit the pause button and just sit here for a few minutes with boredom or loneliness or whatever it is and allow those feelings to kind of percolate throughout my body? Yeah. And another thing is, is like, like even not sugar, but like a bag of chips. <laughs> so, For sure. Sometimes that's the go-to instead of sugar. It's like the whole bag of chips, right? Cause we're bored or we're lonely, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They, they still have, they still offer you that pleasurable response in your brain. So it's the same concept. Yeah, totally. So I, I would say like, it's not just sugar, you guys, it can be, it can be anything in the pantry that we're using to, um, you know, get through our emotions and help to lessen those a little bit. I know you, I know you have some cool things on your Instagram. Tell me where people can find you. I know you have a freebie on there. So give us some information. People can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Sasha channel, and I'm, I'm going to spell my name because it's not an easy one. It's S A C H A C H A N N E L L. And if you go to my Instagram page, you can click on the link in my bio and find a free mini training that I offer. And in it, you're going to learn three simple steps to help you overcome your sweet tooth. You know, there's a lot of people that I work with. The reason they want to tame their sweet tooth is so they can lose weight. So it will help you to lose weight easier, but it's going to help you with what what you and I have been talking about today, Sammy, which is learning to manage your emotions from the inside out. 
And um, it's a very foundational tool that I use that helped me just to enrich my life in beautiful ways because I was no longer running from my emotions, whether they were negative or positive, because sometimes we even run from positive emotions. But it helped me to drastically reduce the desire to eat sweets. So there's a free um, video training in there. And then there's a um, urge progress tracker, which is just a fun way to help you see the progress that you've made and track the changes that you're making. And so that's something that they can download uh, free of cost. And um, I, I think it's uh, beautiful because you can implement it right away, what you learn in that video and uh, see changes in your life. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I will put your Instagram handle in the show notes. So you guys, if you want to take advantage of that freebie or learn from (laughs) Sasha on how to tame your sweet tooth, I'll put that link in there and you guys can just follow that link to her Instagram and grab her freebie on there. Thank you so much for being with us today and teaching us how to feel our emotions instead of eating sugar. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm, I'm so happy to be here sharing with you guys. Hey guys, do you want more? If you are ready to work with me in one of my coaching programs for teens, check out my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com. Whatever you are struggling with, whether big or small, I can help. We learn so much more in my programs than what is offered here on the podcast. Come join me, you guys. See you soon.